welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. This is Deborah. I'm here with Tracy. And today, hey, uh, we want to talk to you about why we don't want you to be afraid to talk about money with your clients. You don't have to be a CPA. You don't have to be an accountant. You don't have to be a CDFA. There's so much you can do talking about money with your clients, help them feel comfortable about financials. Um, So Tracy, I know divorce budget um, is a a love of yours, a topic that's near and dear to your heart. So why don't you start talking about what do you mean by divorce budget? Absolutely. Thanks, Deb. And I really, before I even get into creating the divorce budget, which I am extremely passionate about, I really want to recognize for a lot of divorce coaches out there, there are some divorce coaches that happen to be duly certified as certified divorce financial analysts. And I think that's awesome. But I also want to recognize and really stress to all of those other divorce coaches out there, those certified professional practicing divorce coaches that do not have a background or have a dual certification in CDFA, that's still part of the work that we do with our clients, especially in divorce, is talking about money, right? So we need to be mindful not to allow our own fears be the barrier to the work that we can do with our clients. And and, and I think that's a really important piece, Deb. So, so it is. It, it really is. I happen to be a CDFA. I am a math nerd. I have one of those calculators where you put the numbers in backwards. Right? Awesome. Yeah, I don't even know how to work those. <laughs> but I think you bring up a really great point that so much of divorce is about money and you don't have to be that kind of nerd to help your clients. And I don't want our coaches, I think they want to talk about that today, to shy away from that topic, even if you hate calculators and they make your palms sweat, you can step in and do some of this work with your clients to get their comfort level up. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, so now that we got past that hurdle, so I'm giving you all, everyone who is listening and hopefully going to listen, uh, the, the ability and the mindset to say, yes, I can do this. And yes, I am going to support my clients in this extremely important arena. When we talk about the four aspects of divorce, right? The financial aspect is a huge piece of the divorce process. And one as uh, divorce coaches, we need to be able to be there with our clients and supporting their mindset, their awareness, their clarity, and making decisions in regards to expert perspective, which we'll get to. So back to my favorite thing to talk about. And one of the I think is so overlooked in the work that uh, in in divorce in general, right? When we talk about budgets, often we sort of talk or or focus on the post-divorce budget. And I think one of the most important things as, you know, 
a, a big role that we play as divorce coaches is helping clients define their divorce goals, what divorce processes might be more in a line with their divorce goals. But we also need to sort of interject this concept also about divorce budgets. How much money does our clients have accessible uh, uh, available to them through a variety of different resources. And what do they want to look, what does that want look like for them? Right. Because there is such this sort of, um, clients come in often with blinders on, right. Okay. So again, we talked about all these societal aspects of divorce, right? I know, okay, I'm getting divorced. I have to hire an attorney. I have to retain an attorney. Next thing you know, they're signing that piece of paper and turning over anywhere seven to $15,000 to retain an attorney. And they're not quite sure where that money is even going to be coming from or how they have to be able to borrow that money and really haven't given thought to how much money can they devote to this process. And the majority of clients I work with, Deb, aren't really, really wealthy clients. I do have a, a, a subset of high net worth clients, but honestly, most of my clients are you know, middle-class clients, working individuals who might be making, you know, somewhere around sixty-five dollars to $85,000 a year. And a divorce is an extreme, can be an extremely costly process that not enough attention is put to in terms of that piece of the, the puzzle when moving forward and making mm-hmm. decisions about their divorce. Right. And so not only might a client rush to retain an attorney and put down that money, but do they understand what that $10,000 bought them? Mm-hmm. That didn't buy them a divorce. We did not. <laughs> right? So yeah, understanding and talking through the idea of, okay, let's look at the options, right? What does mediation look like? What does collaborative, what does litigation? When you talk about hiring an attorney, right? And talk about some of the averages. And there was a great article that came out. I think I I referenced it maybe in one of our Instagram posts, but the average divorce in the United States costs each party $20,000 right now. Yeah. I think doing some reality testing with clients about that. If you think you're getting through this for $2,500, then we need to talk about what that looks like. What decisions would you need to make? How would you need to show up and behave in order to have a $2,500 divorce? Absolutely. Fighting for sole custody is not that. Absolutely. And, and sort of exploring with our clients through curiosity and open-ended questions and talking about, again, what are those goals? The divorce goals are extremely important. And then Mm -hmm. how do they align financially with your client. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm going to stress not enough attention is made to it because everybody is just going through the motions and doing what they believe they have to be doing. And they're not an engaged, informed decision maker. And mm-hmm. part of that, our job as divorce coaches is to help expand that awareness and really bring back to well, where can you get that money? We talk all the time about no divorce should financially bankrupt our client, let alone emotionally, spiritually, fiscally, cognitively, all the other things we talk about. But that financial piece is extremely important. If your client is taking out a credit card 
to borrow money against that credit card, to be able to pay for their attorney, right? In the hopes that they believe that somehow they're going to fight through this process, repayment by their other spouse, which honestly, is, it does not happen all the time, right? right. In, in most divorces, courts will rule that each party is responsible for their own legal fees, mediation fees, their share right. of those fees. And, and next thing you know, they're left after their divorce process is done, left with a $25,000 credit card. That yeah, they- or they might've gotten, gotten $2,500 award in legal fees. Yes. So now you are left with 225 on your credit card, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so exactly. it's important to talk about, again, the consequences of decisions mm-hmm. and divorce budget and the process and, and working through that with clients up front. Yeah. That's, that helps them understand one of the costs of conflict. Absolutely. Right. Conflict, the cost of their feelings, their cost of their emotions, the cost Mm -hmm. of uh, all those things, all of those things. And there is all of those things, you know, there's direct dollar sign associated with that. So for sure, the the process of talking about the post-divorce, budget, the the pre-divorce budget and the Mm post-divorce budget, they share some similarities, Right. As divorce coaches, they really can help us identify some underlying needs, interests, and motives mm-hmm. of our client. Right? right. And and so we talked about, you know, helping our clients gain greater awareness and explore how much money they have and how the financial needs of their divorce process align with their overall goals of their divorce process. And then that post-divorce budget. Right. right. It's something that we, you know, Deb C uh, coaches sort of veer away from because they feel, as we said earlier, don't have mm. the expertise. Right. But and they do. Absolutely. They, they do. do. You have you coach. I'm speaking to you. You don't have to have a financial background to know how to work a budget for a household. You do that. Or I hope you do. Or you mm. do it for your business. Right. There's so much money coming in. You have expenses to pay. It's important to balance that. And it's that is often one of the places I start with clients who come in with financial fears. And I would do that even if I weren't a financial nerd because I believe it's an important decision-making filter. And that's one of our key roles is to help our clients make decisions. So the initial divorce budget helps them decide how they want to show up and what kind of process they want to choose. And the post-divorce budget, or what I like to call it, let's see what it might look like for you to live on your own, Mm -hmm. right? Where are you going to live? Are you going to have to get your own health insurance now? How much will your groceries be? When you unbundle your car insurance and your cell phone, what does that look like, right? And going through all those things. Yeah. Now, if they're a stay-at-home mom, their income is zero. So we talk about consulting with attorneys and filling in those numbers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then I talk about looking at scenarios. Okay, what if you do keep the house? What if you rent someplace? What if you move and buy a smaller home? What if you go back to work part-time? So that we have all these different things, again, decision-making. 
this option B feels most comfortable to me. Great. Perfect. And this is really an important exercise as, as we talk about in, in the work that we do with our clients pretty early in the process. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the, the reasons we need to do this is also helping explore and understand our clients financial mindset, right? Their, their awareness and acknowledgement of how things are paid for in their household, or do they know? We hear often clients who come up and say, you know, well, I didn't, I didn't manage the money. My spouse managed the money. They were the financial decision makers. I had access to, you know, the, the debit card that I, I used to purchase groceries. But aside from that, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm I'm sure that's something you hear a lot, Deb. Sure. I think a lot of divorce coaches hear that. And, and again, when we're talking mm-hmm. about that financial mindset, underlying needs and interests, we're hearing fear. Fear, right? right. Fear that must feel money. scary to you Very. that you don't know how much it costs to run a household. Right. And so what's the antidote to fear? Knowledge. Knowledge and action, right? Yeah. Action to gain knowledge, knowledge to gain action. Mm -hmm. And we can support our clients in identifying ways in which they themselves can be empowered to start looking at what that is, right? So that is, you know, taking, okay, how much are you spending on groceries a monthly basis? How much are you spending on extracurricular activities? How could you potentially find out what your electricity bill is? What kind of housing options are you looking at moving forward? Are you looking at potentially renting? What do rentals for a two bedroom look like in your area or your Mm -hmm. child's school district, right? Mm -hmm. That's the knowledge. That's the action to get the knowledge. And then we go a step further because I'm sure you hear this a lot too. I just have to keep the house. Mm. And so even when we go through the post-divorce budget and they look at the current mortgage payment, they say, I can swing that. Okay. Have you talked to a mortgage lender about what your rate would be? Mm. To refinance. Qualify. Do you qualify to refinance? Would your rate be the current 3.25 that you have or based on your current, your credit score and the current market, would it be the same? Number two, are you going to cut the grass? Are you going to clean the gutters? Are you going to take care of the pool? Do you have the emergency fund if the air conditioner breaks? We want to talk through, again, all those things. It's a decision-making filter. Yes. It's not only a decision-making filter. What else does it help with? proposal development. Absolutely. And do I need cash? Do I need equity in the house? Do I want retirement assets? Do I want more spousal support for a shorter time? Would I rather have a lump sum buyout, right? This is proposal development information. Absolutely. And we know that the key to be able to negotiate and first create proposals to be able to negotiate an agreement is information. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it when it, people come into this process and say, well, you know, I think I need seven thousand dollars. OK, well, why is that? What is that based on? I don't know. Well, you know, between groceries and and living and I'm going to need seven thousand dollars. Right. That is not 
a solid foundation to be able to move forward proposal development and negotiation. It Mm -hmm. needs to be based in some kind of objective information, right? Right. And part of that, that creating a a budget and looking at future budgets and those what if scenarios is based in actual numbers, right? So you're prepared to be able to say, okay, let me look at creatively in my flexible mindset and proposal development. And then let me be even more prepared to be able to negotiate and support why it is that I am asking for this, or or what is Mm -hmm. it that I need in terms of the settlement agreement that can be most reflective of me being able to meet those needs. Right. So what I hear you saying, Tracy, (laughs) is we are usually almost always more successful when we come in interest-based rather than position-based. The reason I'm asking for $7,000 is because this is my need. And let me show you, da-da-da-da-da, rather than I want $7,000. That's what I deserve. So interest versus position and being able to describe to the person on the other side of the negotiating table kind of why it's important. Absolutely. And I always tell people spousal support negotiation in places where there's no formula is it's a Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is marital standard of living, your need, your income minus your expenses, and your partner's ability to pay their income minus their expenses. And you have a, a conversation where hopefully you get to that sweet spot in the middle, which is the right amount of spousal support for your family. Right. And I think you you just touched on something that I think is extremely important as well for divorce coaches and working with clients in budgeting is also reality testing Mm, and values clarification. Right. Because I, I hear this a lot, right. That, you know, well, I should be accustomed. I should be able to receive a standard of living that is similar or equivalent to the one that I had maritally. But the reality of that situation is unless there's an extreme amount of money in your household, one income and one household is extremely different than one income and two households. Mm-hmm. Two incomes and one household looks very different than two incomes and two households. So Absolutely. the work that we do as divorce coaches is really help understand and, and, and work on mindset and perspective with our clients from a reality basis, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were spending all this amount of money going on vacations, that might not be a reality based upon all of these different factors that are at play in the divorce process. Things right. do change financially. Things change. They change. And, and that fear is something that we can help our clients adapt adjust and creatively plan for. Right. So we can help. I love, you know, we do a lot of reality testing. So you've helped your client work on their, on my own budget. And ideally their spouse will bring in their, on their own budget and they can work with their mediator or their attorneys or whoever they're working with. Maybe a, maybe a financial neutral. Mm-hmm. And sit down and say, okay, well, if your spouse paid you $7,000 a month, he would have no money for a mortgage or rent or groceries. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel fair, right? So again, it gives us the data we need yeah. to make good decisions. So we we just want to encourage you today 
not to shy away from looking at the numbers. Yes, there are times when you want to pull in that financial neutral or that expert perspective of a CDFA. You may not know what the capital gains implications are of selling the house before or after divorce. You may not know how to calculate the net present value of a future pension annuity. We don't expect you to know those things, but you do have the skills to, to work with your client in those powerful questioning and exploration processes to identify their divorce budget, to start thinking about what it's going to cost them to live on their own and what their interests and needs really are. Yeah. So we just don't want you to shy away from that. You're yeah. great at that stuff. Don't be afraid. Get your calculator Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And you know, I, I I love this saying, there's no unresourceful people, only unresourceful states of being, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an extremely important piece for coaches. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely a role for expert perspective in CDFAs, and they play an extremely important piece in as part of the divorce team. But first, as divorce coaches, we need to ensure that our clients have some basic information and knowledge so that they can better use that expert in the most time efficient, cost-effective way. So thanks, Deb. I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you about this as from a, a certified divorce coach who happens to be a CDFA, Deb, versus me, a divorce coach who is not a CDFA. We do encourage all of you to continue to do your job. Don't be afraid to do it. And the work that you're going to do with your clients is going to make a huge impact in them moving forward successfully in their divorce process. Absolutely. See you next week. Until then, we look forward to catching up with you all soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.